0: Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast. My name is James Dixon. And as always, I wish you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. And we're talking all things venue today and and a little bit, I suppose, of, of career and um, I, I'm sure it's going to be an interesting one. This is a podcast that we've had lined up now for several months. And for various reasons, um, as will become clear uh, when we introduce our guests today, um, they've been very, very busy and we've rescheduled. But I'm delighted to say that joining the Event Industry News podcast today is Nicola Underhill. Nicola is the General Manager of the Hilton Birmingham Metropole. Uh, Nicola, very good morning. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Morning, James. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity.
0: Not a problem at all. Delighted Excited that you can join us today and um, even more so given that the venue is one that I'm absolutely certain the majority of people, certainly in the UK and definitely some of our international um, uh, followers, will have experienced or at the very least seen because it's quite iconic um, in the UK events industry as a hotel venue Um, and for those of you who don't know, the Hilton Birmingham Metropole is right in the heart of the National Exhibition Centre. It is plumb in the middle of their site and hence its, it's our, our iconography, I suppose, in the events industry, Nicola. You joined as general manager in September last year. How has it been for you? <laughs>
1: James, I can honestly say it has been a roller coaster, but a phenomenal roller coaster. So you're right, Hilton Birmingham Metropole is a hotel I think that most people have either heard of or been to. And not only is it the largest hotel outside of London, it is a iconic and quite and um, Convention Centre in the country. So to come and join this hotel, first of all, is an absolute honour. But to join it now, when we are undergoing a major, major refurbishment and giving this old girl a new lease of life, is uh, even, even more incredible. Well, that's
0: the, the old girl you referred to her as. Um, am I right? Was it built at the same time as the National Exhibition Centre was built so that there would be a, a hotel on site? Is it as old as the centre itself?
1: Yeah, it's 46 years trading now, this hotel. Um, so, you know, we've got bags and bags of experience mm. um, in the events industry and in the hospitality industry because of that, yes.
0: Yeah, and of course, when you say it's you know large, largest hotel outside of London, not just... The, the hotel facilities in terms of bedrooms and, and amenities for guests, but um, the events industry will know it because of the spaces that yes. it's got available to it there. Um, a number of different large room options, one in particular that I know a lot of people who've ever run significant conferences or award, awards events yep. will be familiar with. Um, it's it's difficult to know where to start today, but let's let's talk about the refurb, first of all, um, and the sort of the timeline of that, you know, when it was first pitched, um, closure, you know, were you able to retain any sort of operational aspects? So where are we in terms of the refurb, where we sit today?
1: Yeah, so James, the refurbishment programme has been quite a long process, as is always, and um, they take a lot of planning because we need to make sure that the end result is um, both what the vision was in the first place and that it delivers for guests, event organisers, everybody alike. So it has been ongoing for quite a while. I joined September the 1st, so I've come in at quite the back end of the refurb programme. So I'm the lucky one that gets to deliver the finished article. Um, And in terms of the works, so The majority of our bedrooms are being refurbished. They've got a great new look and feel. They look so modern. And I don't think people who stayed here will actually recognize them. They're amazing. And then all of our downstairs space, all of our event space has been um, redecorated. It's got a new fresh look. And then our outlets have all been transformed. So we're even having a brand new bar restaurant built on the waterfront, as well as a brand new executive lounge built opposite on the waterfront. And these are going to be two key areas within the hotel that both guests just staying for one night or conference delegates can actually go to as part of their experience here Mm. and we've tried to bring in some great pieces of digital technology into the hotel just to again give people that better experience and just add one or two other touches that make both operationally more effective Mm -hmm. and um, a better experience for everybody who comes
0: here too. Sure. Um, in terms of the drivers behind refurbs, you know, they are inevitable. They are an act of, you know, time. You know, when a venue has been open, operational and being used as much as this venue has done over the years yeah. inevitably there comes a point where it needs um you know a spruce up it needs some new equipment some new infrastructure add-in but uh, is this also partly driven there's been a lot of development in the NEC there's been a lot of upgrades to the to the venue to some of the resort offerings that are there it's very much a destination now is that part of the driver behind uh your own venues um upgrade
1: Absolutely. I think it's um, made up of quite a few elements, isn't it? So you're right. You know, it's really important for hotels, venues, whatever, to to keep in with the times, keep up with the times to remain competitive. And I know that's very important to Hilton. And then the NEC as an area, there's so much development um, planned for this area over the next few years. So, of course, you know, we are at the heart of that NEC complex next to the actual exhibition centre. So it is important Mm. that we are in keeping with everything that's going to be going on around here with the development that they've got planned.
0: Mm. Um, Let's talk about some of the infrastructure developments there, because... As the people who are listening to this podcast and watching this podcast um, will know, infrastructure now and event infrastructure is absolutely critical to their event operations. Um, You mentioned that in terms of the look of the event spaces, they've all had a spruce up, but in terms of what is available to organisers in terms of infrastructure, what developments have taken place?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the room I'm in right now, you can't really see a lot of it, but this is called our innovation suite, James. So... This has always existed, but it's had a whole new look and feel. And this is the room whereby we will bring our clients when they're planning their events, even when they first come and have a show round of the hotel. And it's a really lovely space, which is private so we can talk all details and go through absolutely every little piece of of the event that they want to organize in the hotel so i think this gives us an edge to hotels that don't have a specific dedicated space with the complimentary teas and coffees and waters and all of that and then we have also introduced into the hotel digital key. Which is brilliant because from a guest perspective, whether that be a hotel guest or conference guest, then you can actually do the whole straight to room thing by downloading the digital key on your phone. And your phone wow. actually becomes the key to open the doors, the same as the conference rooms as well. Um, so And and in terms of the actual uh, conference facilities themselves and the main rooms themselves, we've upgraded our lighting. So, again, that's really important for when you're Mm. holding a big event and things like that. And then another thing we've introduced is an area that is an all day grazing area for conference delegates so they can pop down and get their morning breaks their lunches and it's just like a central hub and it's got a beautifully newly revised conservatory and an outdoor space as well so
0: a a grazing space sounds fabulous and what an idea because you know Anyone who's run or been part of or attended a conference, you know, knows that you are tied into sometimes quite traditional timescales. Yeah. You arrive for coffee and pastries, you know, you may have a mid-morning break, you then get your lunch served, etc. But so many conference organisers now are changing and shaking yeah. up the way that they actually um, frame and schedule their their conference events. There's more flexibility built in for delegates to, be able to maybe nip into one session, but then have half an hour away. They might want to check their emails. They might want yep. to find a little quiet space to, to make some work calls. So having that flexibility, I suppose, from a catering point of view, does tie in with what the industry is doing
1: it's a great space it is and you know it it will have in there sort of from morning until evening sort of options for people like you say to just pop in and you know it's away from the hustle and bustle of the hotel as well so you can go and check your emails while to get coffee and a pastry or or whatever so i I can't that's not quite finished that's due to be finished in two weeks time and i am
0: really excited for us to start using that space the other thing that you mentioned which um it's (laughs) When I'm doing these podcasts, people mention stuff and I inevitably it always pops into my head something that may have happened recently yeah. because, you know, I work as a freelancer, so I'm working on different stuff throughout the year. And just last week, I was working in a venue where none of the staff knew how to turn off the lights. Oh okay you know in order to you obviously have lots of switches in big venues and it was an awards event and um and, and none of the staff really knew how to turn off the ones that our av company needed in order to create the lighting that they needed for the for the dinner area and it was really was one of those sort of trial and error let's just keep hitting buttons until we find something that we like and I'm sure it's a pain point of a lot of people that are listening to this who've ever worked in a venue, particularly a hotel one, and gone, right, can we just turn those off but keep those on? Oh, we've no idea how. Um, It's, you know, just hearing that uh, and knowing that you've maybe not addressed the issue but upgraded it maybe to to give some flexibility.
1: And one thing I would say about our hotel, James, is we're very lucky – in terms of how, how big we are. And therefore, we can have some um, specific roles within our hotel. Mm. So we have got like our own on-site technicians. Yeah. And, and we also have anybody who organizes an event here at the hotel. We You get your own dedicated event planner who right. plans the event with you. And during that process, though, they will introduce you to your own event relations manager. So an ERM, as we call them. Now, that's the person who is with the organiser, from the minute the conference starts to the minute it ends, even over five days, four days, and they hold their hands through every point. So if ever, you know, they say, oh, you know, is it possible to dim the lights, change this, change the coffee times, then they know exactly who they need to speak to. They have their direct number and it's all done instantly. So nobody else who's attending the conference even knows that this sort of um, changes are being made. uh, The
0: great thing about that is that just, even though you've got these, very large facilities it would be wrong i suppose to assume that every single event that comes in has got significant events experience not every event i presume is going to bring in a production company and bring in their own freelance production managers and so you know you i dare say you will deal with clients who might have seven eight hundred people coming for a conference but they really do need that guidance and that experience of your in-house team
1: absolutely james and, and that is what we're here for so i like to think that people come with a vision And even those people who don't, have never organized an event before, but they know that they need to have one, they come with a vision and my team take that vision and we tailor make each and every conference to over deliver that vision for Mm. our clients. And you're right, not everyone knows how to organize an event, but that's why we have the dedicated event planning team and you get one specific dedicated to your event. And then we have an amazing team
0: of operators who then go and deliver that event Um, Mm. at the time. uh, Are the operators when it when it comes to that side of things you know are they um, located on site do you have preferred suppliers that can offer things like AV or live streaming and things like that how does that side of things work in your venue?
1: Yeah so we have um, a partnership with an AV company um, and they are based on site along with my own on-site AV team and we've got partnerships actually for all sorts of things so Mm -hmm. you know venue dresses anything that somebody says oh I think we might want this we will have a partnership with somebody that will be able to recommend introduce them to they'll be able to chat through their ideas Um, and that's when the creative juices get flowing and people actually end up with things they didn't even know at the beginning that was going to be uh, something that they wanted and then you know they just go along this creative journey with all of these specialists and experts.
0: Yeah. uh, And I guess that that's also something that that's really important, isn't it? In, because what you've got there is effectively, I suppose, a blank canvas, you know, event offering, you know, in terms of the spaces that you've got, they're flexible. You can do lots of things with them, but in order to really make an event sort of sing and be as best it can be, there needs to be some individuality about it. And that when it comes to things like, you know, dressing the room, um, scenery, the stage layout. Again, for, for people who may not do this day to day, being able to offer some guidance on there and really getting their creative juices flowing is important.
1: Definitely, James, I'd like to think that that sets us apart because none of us, you know, none of us um, think that we're the only venue in the country at all. So there's, there's so much choice out there for clients these days. I think it's really important to be able to offer the client's the, the memorable experiences and the expertise and i know that the hilton Birmingham metropole and the team here i mean there's over two thousand years of experience within this team there's some people who've been here for so many years and so they know the building inside out, inside out and they know exactly what we can deliver so i'd like to think that that sets us apart from anyone else
0: yeah yeah definitely that 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 detailed venue knowledge i think is underappreciated sometimes yes, um you know knowing exactly where things are and how things go and you know don't come in that way because it looks easier but there's a little step come that way because you can push it straight in all those tiny little idiosyncrasies that venues have having people on site who really know them is absolutely i would testify to this worth its weight um when it comes to delivering
1: yeah
0: not kidding honestly i think so too internet i must ask about it okay um well uh what was it? What is it? Has it changed as part of this refurb? Because the refurb, I suppose it's, it, it, it's obvious, I suppose, to most people listening, but it's come at a time when obviously the industry was shut down in 2020 in the early part of 2021. You know, conferences, events as a whole were on a minimal level. And during that period, everyone's gone digital. Everyone's gone virtual or hybrid. And yes. so... If it wasn't before, it's now in everybody's consciousness. Um, And Internet was already a vital part, but is even more so now that people want to do even more streaming and live video and things like that. Um, What what has been done as part of the refurb to sort of uh, upgrade that?
1: yeah so i will openly admit i am not a technical person in the sense of i can't tell you bandwidth numbers or all that kind of <laughs> stuff <laughs> but i have a specialist team thankfully who does all that for me but i can tell you that it has all been enhanced and increased i mean to be fair being one of the largest convention venues in the country we already had great um sure, internet yeah. facilities and wireless facilities and, and bandwidth and stuff but we completely agree i mean the last two years if anything has taught us all to sort of reflect and reevaluate where we are and then we can go out there with whole new products that we can offer to our clients to react to the world that is today the more digital world as you say Mm. so no we have all of those facilities available and um fingers crossed touch wood the internet is going really well and it hasn't let us down and um, all the competence that we've done since we reopened on the 5th of september have been a great success
0: and, and how I, I guess is particularly that you came into the venue uh, as GM in September, you will have probably taken a very, very proactive approach to being involved in some of these events to see what the client feedback is like to see how your own team are delivering those events and supporting them and where improvements and refinements can be made what has been the general feeling from the clients who've utilized the facility not just about the refer, but i suppose since coming back to events after a bit of a break
1: Yeah. So I think that it's been common knowledge that, um, you know, the hospitality industry has been hit hard as a lot of other industries. And I know a lot of clients were a bit worried about coming back. Um, You know, would we have the resource to deliver their events? How is COVID impacting their events? I can honestly say that every single event we've done since we reopened on the 5th of September, that the organizers have been blown away they Mm. said the team have over delivered at every single point and i can't be more proud of them they are they are a phenomenal team i am very very lucky um so yeah and you know they are so incredibly impressed with the refurbishment i mean albeit some of them came in when we were only half completed but they see what's been done already and then they get excited about what else is to come
0: yeah. And, and do you know, congratulations, first of all, that that feedback has, has come your way. And, and I think that that is very much, I suppose, a snapshot of the wider industry as well, because, again, people who work in the industry missed doing their day jobs. They missed yeah. that. Uh, uh, during that whole pandemic, they were, you know, they really did miss doing what they love to do. And I think the plus side for clients is that since coming back, everyone has this sort of renewed vigour. And enthusiasm for what they do. And they're going above and beyond, even more so than they maybe did before.
1: I know, absolutely, absolutely, James. And if you talk to hotel team members or venue team members who were on furlough for a very long time, you know, people in this industry are people who love serving people, right? We're all about the people. So for us during furlough, or my guys who were on furlough, you know, they were just itching to get back. So now, The day we reopened and we invited them all back and we did a week's worth of training with them all before we opened the front doors they were so excited you know they just wanted to get stuck in and and get back to doing what they love so much
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't mind, the, the, the events industry is is built on its people. And yep. whilst it's great to, to know what's happening with the venue and and and, and the clients and everything, um, you came into the venue in September last year, as we mentioned a few times on, on today's uh, episode. But tell us a little bit about your roles and your career before that, because you don't just drop into <laughs> being GM at a, a mm. venue like this by accident. Um, what were you up to before then?
1: So, I mean, I'll give you a very short synopsis. Um, I have been in the hospitality industry since I was 14 years old, actually. And I do think it's one of those industries that gets under your skin and you just love it. And so I have managed a wide range of venues in my career from city centre venues, wedding venues, event venues, sports venues. My hotel before here was the Hilton at St. George's Park. I don't know if you know it, James.
0: Yes, of course. England's home.
1: It is, yes. So it's um, owned by the Football Association, managed by Hilton, open to the general public, corporate events, everything, but also home to all 28 England football teams. So, um, And I was there for six and a half years and then moved over here. But I've been with Hilton for nine years. And do you know what? When I joined Hilton, more or less probably a week or two in, I said, I want to run the Birmingham Metropole one day. (laughs) And...
0: Nine years later, here I am. It's, it's the, it's, it, yeah, I suppose the flagship, you know, from yeah, exactly. a, a, as, as a venue in terms of what it can do and what it can offer everybody. It's not exactly. just a hotel. Yep. Um, We were saying earlier, wasn't it? It's a destination.
1: Yes, it is. And I just think in my job, you have the opportunity, right, to create these. It sounds cheesy, but I genuinely believe it. You have this opportunity to create these memorable experiences it's like what you said before. Most of the people who will be listening to this will have either heard of or been to this hotel, mm. and we're part of what they remember. We we help create those memories for
0: those people, and I always think that's a great honor. It it is it it is um, memories, and on that subject, I suppose we associate the venue a lot with, I suppose, B two B with corporate events, you know, with stuff that's happening there. But um I, I guess given where you are and its proximity to the nec halls there's a lot of consumer events concerts and things like that going on is it a a, it is there a dedicated split within the venue operationally between events that are taking place and business related stuff and then guests who are coming who are just guests who are there for the leisure side of things Absolutely. I
1: mean, like I alluded to before, I'm very lucky that we have such a broad team and some very specialist positions within the team. And therefore, we can give people certain areas to focus on. So, yes, we do get those guests that come here for leisure purposes as well. They come and they stay and they pop off to Resort World or they go to the NEC or, you know, we're 10 minutes on the train to Birmingham City Centre because we have all of these great outlets ourselves these bars and restaurants they can spend you know, so many mm-hmm. hours in this building we also have a great health club that's also recently been refurbished with new sauna new steam room and um, mm-hmm. new gym equipment so you can come here for a mini break and be caught co- you know quite busy over a couple of days with everything that's going on in the area and in the hotel as well
0: mm. um the do you thrive under pressure as, a, as a, a professionally? Because these venues that you've just mentioned, you know, your last two, the, the, the St. George's Park, you know, that there will, pressure will come with that inevitably. As yeah. you said, it's owned by the FA. There will be an expectation of delivery there, um, particularly associated with the Hilton name and, and, and all of the reputation that, that carries with it. And then this particular venue now, you know, do do you are you a person that's always wanted that sort of pressure of delivering do you know i must thrive under pressure i must do um i think i never obviously
1: go and seek pressure i i'm one of these people though that challenges myself all Mm. the time so you know my one of my mottos in life is go big or go home and um, i just think if you can always strive to achieve more and more and more then one day i'll sit in my you know, nursing home, and think, yeah, I did everything that I could have done. So, but I also with high pressure jobs, and it's not necessarily the pressure; it's it's all, everything that goes on and the excitement. And there's mm-hmm. no two days the same when it's constant go, 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 and your brain is constantly thinking. And that's what I think I thrive off. I would get bored in an environment that did not have all of these things to focus on and get your hands and teeth into. And yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, I suppose it's hard. I don't know if risk is the right word to use, but high risk, high reward, you know, Uh, the the, 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 the higher the pressure, the bigger the venue, the more people you've got coming in and out, you know, the the pressure, yes, will no doubt increase. There will be stresses that come with that. But the flip side is, is that, you'll probably have even bigger highs when you get great events in or you absolutely smash a weekend in restaurant and bar and there's yeah. a show running over the road and you're absolutely chock full of, you know, guests um, enjoying themselves. You know, the, the, I suppose that the, the spectrum between those two things is even broader in this size of venue than maybe in a, a more sort of day-to-day, I'm going to use the word mundane, yeah. um, hotel
1: Absolutely, James. I mean, back in September, October, when we got the events back in after we reopened, just the volume of people in this building and the atmosphere is just electric. Mm. And it's when every single person in this building pulls together as a team and they all have the same end goal. And I can't describe how that feels to anyone who's not worked in, um, in a venue such as this. It's just incredible.
0: Yeah, so something I'm going to rewind a little bit to something that you mentioned earlier on in um, in the conversation about the the digital keys and, and, and a question that sprang to mind. First of all, I thought, brilliant. I've not seen those before, but I'd love anything like that. Um, uh, great, you know, just in terms of ease of use, you know, people can arrive bingo they've already checked in they've got their key straight to their room it just speeds up the process process it makes things great it, Is it care do you have to balance it carefully as a gm because you want that sort of personal contact from your staff with your guests to give them that great experience and something like the digital key whilst it offers great logistics and ease of use removes that personal contact that your you could potentially give to the uh, to the guest
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have other digital platforms so that for those people who don't necessarily want to see a team member face to face, we can also then contact them via other digital platforms. Once they've checked into the hotel, we can then message their phone and just say, you know, hope everything's okay with your room. Um, you know and give them contact details for whoever they can speak to at the front desk or so we always try and still have those personal touches even with those people who want to avoid the face-to-face um, and yeah. so yeah it is a balance because you don't want to lose that hospitality that's what we're here for that's what we're all about.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely And 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 I guess as well when you're dealing with a, a venue as large as this and the amount of people that physically come through the door even prior to having a digital key you know as much as you would like to think that it was the case it was physically impossible to interact with every single person that walks through the door of the venue um you know even before we had smartphones and emails and and things like that um i I was going to ask as well that probably leads me to another question as as to how many people come through the door who are not actually guests who don't have a room or not staying over presumably there's a higher proportion of people who and not staying there that are staying there because of the event spaces.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It does depend on obviously what's on at the time. But yes, we can do um, just non-residential conferences. So yes, those people in and out as well as the residential conferences and the leisure guests and the transient guests. So you can get a large volume of people through those doors. You are absolutely right. But going back to your point about, you know, it's probably impossible to interact with all those people. I can honestly say that Hilton you know, it's a worldwide renowned company mm, mm. that they do have so many programs for our team members to help them and give them the tools to be able to right. interact with as many of the, of the guests as possible because it's so key to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go. I'm going to take things back before we wrap today to, yeah. to the, to the event side of things. Yeah. And there are multiple different roles for staff within a, a venue like this. Yeah. What do for the event specific staff who are supporting um the events that are taking place in here in the venue do they come pre-trained do you source them from other event roles or is there progression within you know the the, the management structure and the staffing structure within a venue like this for somebody to maybe move from another part of the operation into the event side of things and gain that experience
1: no absolutely so In all roles um, in sort of the event side, from sort of the junior team members, we would recruit on attitude, as opposed to experience, because we believe that if you've got somebody who really wants to work in events, right, if they've never done it before, we can train them and we can coach them. Mm. And there's so many success stories within this hotel of people who started off at junior team member level and have progressed through the ranks to sort of an event um a relations manager, or a supervisor, or a floor manager, and then we've got like assistant conference and banqueting manager and director of conference and events. And there is that progression. And Hilton is um is so passionate as am I about developing people. Somebody mm-hmm. gave me a chance once upon a time, and I think it's important that we continue to do that with everybody who comes into this building and to this industry.
0: It, it, it's great. It's great to hear. You know that there's um there is an awful lot of academic learning and training that's available to, to not just young people any any person who wants to get into events but you know loads more universities and colleges now do events related courses we're getting so many more young people and graduates coming into the industry yeah. with qualifications but it is important to recognise that a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people who built this industry certainly in the UK came with no academic understanding or learning of the industry they built that through experience and by working at it and and, and learning from other people who'd done it so having both those pathways I think is, is important that we retain that.
1: Completely agree and like classroom learning is you know it's brilliant and all the theory side of events is, is is brilliant but you get your real experience and your real learnings from on the floor in the job with a team who are all experienced people that's that's how you've learned the best
0: absolutely yeah we've been talking on the podcast today to Nicola Underhill Nicola is the general manager at the Hilton Birmingham Metropole um and I you I don't use that word lightly an icon of the venue industry in the UK events industry. Um, Nicola, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I know it's taken a few months to, to finally pin you down. But as I said at the beginning, hopefully people now understand why we've maybe had to juggle a few dates around because it's been a busy, uh, a busy time for you.
1: It certainly has. And James, thank you so much for inviting me to talk to you. And yes, it's been a long time in getting this date in the diary, but I've thoroughly enjoyed
0: it. No, it's been, been great to talk to you. And of course, if um, if anybody wants to find out more about the hotel, if you're listening to this and you think, do you know what, I've not been there before, but I'm working on something and this could provide me with the ideal space, then then do check them out. Um, Google Hilton uh, Birmingham Metropole. You'll find the website really easily. Loads of information on there for event organizers. And of course, on all the socials, yeah. um, we're popping up the Twitter handle now, which is at Hilton. Met on Twitter. Again, if you just search uh, Twitter for Hilton, Birmingham, Metropole and all the other social platforms, you'll find uh, find out about what these guys are up to. Um, and of course, you can do the same thing with all the event industry news socials. At Event News Blog is us on Twitter. Um, and if you search the other platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, etc., you'll find out what's happening on if you just search for Event Industry News. It brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, our thanks again to our guest, Nicola from the hilton birmingham metropole we will see you on the next edition of the podcast with another fabulous guest i'm sure nicola thanks very much for joining us today and we'll see you all very soon
1: james thank you